Communications presents a spoken word given to our congregation located at 1800 Hall Brown Road, where our senior pastor is Dr. Karen B. Johnson and assistant pastor Glenton Queen. You are welcome to join us as our services are held every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Enjoy the word. Thank you, choir, for ministering to us. I love that song. I love when they do that song. Come on, let's put our hands together for it. I love when they minister that song. And every time they sing it, it seemed like there's a hundred people standing up here. But they just done just singing under the anointing. I'm going to ask you if you will meet me, please, in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We're going to look at verses 1 through 2a if you will, coming from the NIV version. Very familiar passage. And it reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. It's going to go back up to the first. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and this is our focal point here, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we bless you, dear Lord. We thank you for this day of celebration, of celebrating and worshiping you. And we thank you, God, for this opportunity as we come now with your preach word. God, I pray for a fresh anointing upon this word. I pray a fresh anointing upon myself and for the listeners. And so, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you're going to do and everything you've already done. We give you praises and blessings in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. 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 Let us throw off everything that hinders us. Um, this message is entitled, Clearing the Clutter. Clearing the Clutter. So um, I, I, this message came back to my mind because I did this message first time probably about 10 years ago when I did it. And, and I was kind of in my closet, and, and this one, this message kind of pop back in when, you know, kind of dealing with my own thing. But this message was birthed, um, was birthed out of from what, a, what we call a God moment. It was birthed from a God moment. And God moments are those unexpected, unplanned encounters with God. You, you don't look for it, you don't expect it, but all of a sudden something happens and it's God. And the thing about God moments is you can't always explain it, and you can't always describe it, but it's a knowing. It's, it's a knowing that what you are experiencing was totally orchestrated by God specifically for you. And sometimes those God moments may only last for a second. And other times it may not be so immediate. Rather, it may be months or even years when you look back and realize at a certain point in time was really a God moment 
that you had an encounter with him that completely changed the trajectory of your life. And the thing of it is about God moments, that God moments happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. Again, a God moment, it can be an unexplainable peace that you have in the midst of your grief. A God moment can be when you are just about to throw, out, throw in the towel and someone comes along and tells you, don't give up, keep moving, you can do it, you can make it. A God moment is when God places someone in your life at the right time to speak something into your life that shifts you to the next level of your dream. So this message is based off a personal experience that I had. And because of that experience, um, I encourage all of us to regularly invite the Holy Spirit to do an examination to show us what it is that may be hindering us from being all that we can be. And the truth is, is I, do, I do the same, and I'm asking the Lord, you know, okay, what, what's, what are some of the things I need to get straight? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I really don't want to hear what it is. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to face yourself, but it is what it is. Finding out what it is, those things that are hindering us from being all that God has destined us to be. Jesus said in John 16, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all truth. And if we allow the Holy Spirit, he will guide us into the truth of who we are of who we are, and, and will explain some things about us. He will examine and reveal if there is a habit or a sin or an attitude that is cluttering our mind and our spirit and holding us back from moving forward. And then there are times that we can be stuck. And that was a situation for myself. You can be stuck and don't realize that you're stuck. And then there are other times that you can be stuck and you, you don't know why you are, you want to be free, but you don't know how to get free. You don't know where to start. You don't know where to begin. And so we don't always know why we're stagnant or why it seems like we are spinning our wheels. I don't know if I'm, if I'm the only one who ever gone through that, just feeling like we're spinning our wheels. We can be aggravated and annoyed, but can't put our finger on what it is that's really disturbing us. Aggravated, agitated. You're irritated. But when someone asks you, well, what, what's the problem? Sometimes it's difficult for us to identify what the problem is. We just simply say, this is how I'm feeling. I'm disturbed, but I don't know what it is. And then sometimes when those times occur, if they're on a dress and they continue to pile up, it doesn't have to take much doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be anything a, a big at all that will cause us to kind of snap in a moment. You know, a big something, we, it doesn't have to be a big something, but it's a little something that's just enough, as the proverbial says, to break the camel's back. So several years ago, many years ago, as a matter of fact, that was a position that I found myself in. It was one of those moments, it was a very small, insignificant thing, but something just went off in me, and I, it just was, I was just done. Anybody in here have ever just been done? I mean, just too, uh, I sometimes say just too through, 
You know what I mean? You just feel like going somewhere and going sit down. Don't know what you want to buy. Talk to you. Don't let the phone ring. Don't ask me anything. I don't have anything for you. So I was kind of in that spot and didn't realize it. So one morning, the thing of it is, I was coming into my office, and it was, it was in the winter, and I was coming to my office, and in my office, I, I have a good-sized closet in there. And so I went to hang up my coat. And there was just so much stuff packed in my closet. Am I the only one got a packed closet? See, y'all are going to let me sit up here all by myself and play like that where I'm the only one that got that kind of issue. My closet was packed, okay? So it was so packed, I had to to try to shove and push some things around to hang my coat up. Y'all looking at me again like you never did that before. You know you did, okay? So I, I had to kind of push to, hang my, to, try to, to try to hang my coat up. And in the process of pushing, a hanger, just one little old hanger, fell. And I went off. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I snapped. I, I, it, that one little hanger hit the floor, and I just went off. I was frustrated. I was angry. I didn't even know why I was angry at the little hanger, but I was. I mean, I just kind of just, I just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. I went down to the closet, went and got the biggest garbage can, rolling garbage can I could find, went back into my office, and I just started tossing shoes, bags. I was tossing everything. I, I mean, I was tossing it. Archer didn't even come around. Everybody was afraid to come near me because they didn't, they didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to react, but I was tossing everything right and left, right and left. And just as I was in the midst of tossing everything, and let me tell you, I wasn't praying. I wasn't having no conversation with the Lord. I wasn't asking him anything. I'm just being honest with you. That's where I was. I was not talking to him. I didn't ask him why, Lord, why. It wasn't none of that going on. I had no conversation at that particular time. And just in the midst of me doing the tossing and going through all of these changes, why he speaks into my spirit and he said, you see that junk in your closet? That's a reflection of what's going on in your head. I paused a moment. Didn't know if it was the Lord speaking or what it was for sure, but I know I, know I paused a moment. He said, that's the junk, that, that, that closet is a reflection of what's going on in your head. Your, 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 your head in that closet is filled with stuff and other people's stuff that you need to let go. That you need to go. I'm going to tell you, it was a very sobering moment. It was. And while I was busy throwing and tossing and going through that changes, I'm going to tell you, I was learning a lot about myself. I was learning a lot about life and about God at the same time. It's amazing how God can take something as simple as a hanger and start turning it into a sermon. And not only that, but can turn your little life around and make you take a look at yourself. Because even though I had no intentions and had no idea what all of that meant, in that moment, and I know then that I know now 
that it was a God moment. It was a moment where he was like, you need to take, you need to take some steps. You need to pause for a moment because what's going on up in here is going up on up in your head until you get that straight. Getting this straight is going to help get this straight. Doesn't seem right, but God's economy is so different from our economy, if you will. You know what I mean? He just, he just operates so differently. If you broke, he tells you to give money. He's different. If you have an enemy, he tells you to love them. God is different. He, he operates differently. So while I was in there going through this tossing stage, the one is, I learned some lessons. And, and the, one of the first things that came as I was talking, because I had to realize that, that closet did not get cluttered overnight. It was a process. It was a process. And so it is when we are overwhelmed with our emotional and spiritual clutter, it accumulates over a period of time. Stuff starts piling up. And most of the time when it starts piling up, it really is little stuff that starts piling up. But it's the little stuff that we don't always address. And so it began to pile up. And, and, and the thing of it is, stuff started piling up as early as childhood. You know, in your childhood, little things. Self-esteem, little things. How someone treats you, little things. You dark-skinned, little things. You too short, little things. Start piling up and you start going into your mind and you start getting mixed messages and you start developing fear issues and self-esteem issues and things that happen to us like grief and neglect and disappointments and they're all pushed into the storage spaces of our mind and then when our heads and our spirits are filled with unaddressed junk, it leaves very little room for what God wants to do in our lives. What he wants to do in our lives because of this unaddressed issues that we are carrying around, carrying around in our minds and in our hearts. And Jesus told the rich young ruler, go and sell your stuff. I'm going to paraphrase it. He told him, go and sell your stuff. Rich young, rich, young, rich young ruler wanted to know what did he had to do because he said, I prayed, I do everything. I give my tithes, I give my offering. I'm a good, good Christian. I'm a good person. What do else I need to do? He said, go sell your stuff. Go, go sell your stuff and follow me. And the rich young ruler couldn't sell his stuff. He couldn't sell his stuff and to follow Jesus. But he couldn't go and he didn't do it. And the thing of it is, his stuff got in the way of what Jesus wanted him to do. And in that same light, our stuff can get in the way of what Jesus wants us to do in our lives. The time, the time is when it seems like we are spinning our wheels and going nowhere. Maybe it is not so much of external forces that are hindering us, rather what is going on inside of us that is blocking the flow of what God wants to do. The other lesson that I learned while in there tossing that closet is that there is a definite link between our emotional state and our living environment. It is a definite, it's, it's, it's a definite link between our emotional state and our living environment. I'm not a therapist. I'm a pastor. But I do watch hoarding on TV. <laughs> Anybody else watch hoarding bird alive? I do watch hoarding. And have you noticed that whenever they come in, the therapists come in, and the, and the people, the hoarder, is sharing where, you know, what's been going on in their life. Their hoarding always started when something traumatic happened to them. Have you noticed that? 
It's always something traumatic. It might have been a divorce. It might have been a death. It may have been a combination of things. But it was always something that they were that that caused them and that that triggered that behavior. And even though hoarding is is an extreme situation, uh, the thing is sometimes what happens affects us emotionally and spiritually. That reflects again in our living conditions. And so, even though in the hoarding situation that's very extreme. But even in minor, when we're holding on to stuff, it sometimes it's lingering up because it's something that happened and we're just trying to hang on. I was trying to hang on. I was trying to hang on into that time. And, and the thing of it is, <clears throat> we were holding on. I was trying to hold on to memories. Holding on to what used to be. I had stuff from the past. Holding on to what used to be. And finding out that I was holding on to stuff because I felt like I could control what I was holding on to because life seemed so out of control. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say here? So I was hanging on thinking I'm, this is, at least I can control this. But life seemed so out of control. And when I look at that and what was happening in that closet, that's exactly what was going on with me. I was holding on to some stuff and, and, and hanging on to some things that really I needed to let go. And often when we sit back, our homes are quite possibly the most open and honest reflection of our state of mind. Anxious, cluttered minds do, do not always present in a chaotic living environment. Sometimes it shows up as perfection. Perfectionism is also a sign of people feeling out of control. Now, I'm, there's nothing wrong with having things in order. I don't mean that. I mean, it, it has to be, it, it, it's a healthy level there. We should always strive to do our best. But when it comes to an extreme, when it's taken to an extreme, it is a reflection of a person who is insecure, feeling inadequate or even stressed out. They feel they can't control life, but they can control the order of their home, everything has to be in its place. If something's out of place, it disturbs them. They can control, they can control this mess over here. They can make sure this is straight, but they can't control what's going on in their life right now. But I can control my living environment. I can make sure the chairs are all lined up and everything is in order. I got my closet, my blues are here, my whites are here. That's a good thing, but I'm just saying. Again, it sometimes it comes from when we feel that life is out of control, that we try to hold on and we try to make things and put things in order. Whenever unrealistic hope is present, it presents itself, we need to acknowledge it so we can release it and move on. Letting go of the past, again, is not easy. And as I was tossing, I was reminded I was reminded some things that will change in life, and I was reminded that there's some things that will not change. I had to get that lesson. There are things life is going to change, and there's some things in life that will not change. It's coming to grip with the things. It's the coming to grip with the things that won't change is the biggest thing. It's coming to grip and understanding that all of us will face hurt, and all of us are going to face some disappointment. All of us are going to deal with issues that consume us. But what we do with that hurt is probably more important than the hurt itself. What did we do with the hurt? What we do with the hurt is more important 
than the herd itself. So no matter our situation, again, we always have a choice. We have, we have control over moving forward and being free or choosing to remain trapped and remaining in that stuff. So when adversity hits, you have to decide if you're going to allow it to break you or if you're going to allow it to, are you going to make up your mind and you're going to push through it, pushing through it. There's an extreme, extremely high probability that your issue will not be resolved overnight. Clearing out the clutter of your mind will not necessarily resolve overnight. And one reason that sometimes we can stay stuck is because we live in this microwave society, in this real-time culture where we expect immediate deliverance, where we expect things to happen in the moment. But the reality is that we have to push through some things. And that's a whole other message in itself when you have to push through. It's getting up and putting one foot in front of the other even when you don't feel like it. It's putting one foot in front of the other with a determination that today is going to be better than yesterday and tomorrow will be better than today. It's having that determination that come hell or high water. I know I don't feel good right now. But I got to push through. And sometimes we get so caught up on our feelings. And we've said this a number of times. Feelings are so fickle. Feelings change. And then we have to make up our mind of whether we're going to push through. I think the reason God doesn't snap his divine fingers to clear our mind and to calm our nerves is because he understands that healing is in the push. Healing comes in the push. The push is a process. A process is a series of actions or steps that God will guide us through. And this thing of it is about this process, you can't skip it. We can't skip over the process. The first step of the process is to acknowledge I got an issue. My closet is junky. I can't get anything in it, and it's hard for me to get it anything out. I had to acknowledge that. I had to acknowledge this fact that the closet really wasn't my problem. My problem was here. Y'all looking at me laughing. <laughs> my problem was here. It was emotional stuff. So it had to deal with, so it's in the process. It's in the process of the push where you learn who you are and who God is. It's in the push where your faith is strengthened. It's in the push where you learn God didn't tell you to move the mountain. He told you to speak to it. It's in the push. It's in the push. Lesson four, in the closet. In my closet, it was not only my stuff I had accumulated. A good portion of it belonged to other people. It was other people's stuff that they had dropped off in my closet and left it in my closet. You understand what I'm saying? They had gone on about their business, but I had to deal with their stuff. People will put you into their drama. And you can forget what's yours. You're not sure. You've been, in, you've been in their drama for so long, you don't even know if it's their drama, your drama, whose drama it is. All you know, you're dealing with drama. And what I've learned from that moment is having to learn to set up what I call emotional boundaries. Emotional boundaries. When people drop off their drama, kindly give it back to them. Let them deal with their stuff because they got to go through the process on their own. Setting boundaries means I will pray for you. 
I will give you some advice if you so desire advice. I will even hold your hand for a little while. For a little while. Because at some point, we got to make up our mind if we're going to come out on our own. Do you understand what I mean? It, 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 it is not, it was, I realize it's not my job to fix other people's stuff. My job is to fix my stuff. And so the same for us, and sometimes, again, we got to clear out. And so we need to make up our mind, who, who's, whose drama are we carrying? And then release it, setting some boundaries. Finally, in my closet, I had to deal with, my, again, my own unresolved issue. And that means I had to take responsibility and deal with my own emotional clutter. Too often, we blame other people for our stuff. We blame other people for our feelings getting hurt. We blame other people for being offended. Maybe so, but we got to deal with it. And although others may have contributed to our clutter, it's still up to us to deal with it. If you look back over in the book of Genesis and the story about Joseph, his brothers hated him, threw the boy in a pit, then sold him off to slavery. They were going to kill him first, then sold him off into slavery. Joseph could have remained in an emotional and a spiritual pit. And you know it would have been completely understandable if he had. But, bl but blaming everyone for his issue, Joseph didn't do that. Instead, Joseph dealt with his problem as it was. He did not allow dysfunction to become his norm. And throwing off whatever is hindering you is focusing on things that you have to repair within yourself. Joseph made up his mind that he wasn't going to remain in the pit but even though they sold him into slavery, it was in his mind that he didn't allow dysfunction to become functional and to become a normal thing. God did not create us to bear unnecessary burdens. And more importantly, God wants us to allow him to identify the things in our lives that's cluttering our mind and hindering our walk. And then he wants us to allow him to help us break free from our fears and frustrations and hurts and all of the heavy stuff that's holding us down. God is not going to do it for us, but he will help us. He will show us what we need to do. Need to do. God will guide us in everything that we need to do to clear out so that we can release these burdens and to release those things that are hindering us. Because, see, the thing of it is, the point is God wants us to run this race free of unnecessary burdens. We're going to have burdens, but he wants us to be free of unnecessary burdens. He don't want us to be carrying stuff that we shouldn't be carrying. And so fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Jesus is saying to us in essence when he's saying to just let go of the burdens, he's saying get rid of the clutter. Clear out your mind. Clear out your spirit. Let go of all of that stuff been holding on to. If you need to forgive, forgive. If you need to ask for forgiveness, ask for it. But move on. It's time to let stuff go and be free. Let's put our hands together and bless the Lord. As the decision councils are coming forward,
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, dear Lord. We just thank you and we bless you. And God, we just thank you that you are such a loving God that even when we don't see things about ourselves, you're just so tender and you're so concerned that you don't want anything, even if we see it as being insignificant, you see it as significant. You want us to be free in you. You want us to be able to flow in you, and you don't want anything to block us. And so, God, I just pray for these, for myself, and I pray for every here, everyone here under the sound of my voice, dear Lord, that you would just show us what needs to be cleared out so that we can be quick and to remove and so we can be free in our spirit and free in our minds so that we can effectively serve you and follow you. We just thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As our decision councils are before us, I'm just going to ask everyone who's here under the sound of my voice again, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we invite you to come down. And these, our decision councils will definitely give to you the plan of salvation. If you're even not even sure if you're saved, you don't know for sure what the salvation is, our decision council will be happy to share with you. We're also restoration any persons who are standing in need of being restored. You've been dealing with some stuff and you've left the church and didn't quite know how you felt about God anymore. Didn't know what was going on in your heart. But now you want to get some things straight with him. We invite you to come down for restoration. So salvation, restoration, baptism, and membership, and as we call it, partnership, the opportunity is open now. Do we have one? Do we have one? All right. All right, everybody's good? Come on, let's bless the Lord. As we remain standing, as we remain standing, let us prepare to be dismissed. Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for the prayers that have gone forth. We thank you for what we've heard and what we've experienced. And now, dear God, as we have been filled on this day, and God, as we leave from this place, we pray that as we go out through those doors, that we continue to be a bright light for you, telling the world who you are and sharing their blessings and your grace, your blessings and your grace with them. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Let the church say amen, amen, amen. amen. amen.